Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston, ready to answer our medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning, Laura. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's we, good to see you we too. We saw each other earlier this morning. Yeah, we um, in the Prairie Doc world, we're getting excited about the next season yes. of Prairie Doc programming. And uh, we have a new executive director and some new things happening, including new photos. New photos. <laughs> they drug me out of bed at 7.30 in the morning to go get my picture taken. That was... Really pretty remarkable because I am much happier behind the camera than in front of it, despite my Prairie Doc uh, participation. (laughs) Well, it was a beautiful morning. We um, took the photos at the um, nature park. Yes. It was gorgeous. It was fun to see hops on the prairie. Yes. (laughs) It was fun to see how many people are out and about. I'm like you, Dr. Johnson. I'm not really a morning person, but there were a lot of people out and about enjoying that park this morning. Amazing number of people out there walking dogs, jogging, walking, riding their bikes. It was it was really nice to see how how well used and appreciated that is by the community right absolutely well it'll be fun to see those photos and i'm sure all of you will be seeing those photos around (laughs) soon too so that's great well i want to remind our listeners that we are doing a drawing these summer months so if you call in with a question for us this morning uh, you can also get your name entered into a drawing for one of dr holmes books Uh, We're doing a drawing every month, so if you want to get your name in for that July drawing, uh, please do give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430, And reading Dr. Holmes' books is is just like listening to Dr. Holmes again. Mm. It is is truly his voice that comes through and his philosophy. They're really... They're really inspiring. I experienced the same thing. As I read it, I definitely hear Dr. Holmes' voice. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. If you haven't picked up a copy yet, you can always do that around town. Otherwise, you can win one by calling in with a question. So uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, Dr. Johnson, I wanted to reflect on um, Dr. Evans' essay this week. And she talks about the importance of medical students having opportunities for patient interaction and learning opportunities. That was a great perspective. It is really an important thing. I mean, that is that is how we all learned. Um, You know, you can learn a lot from books, but to really solidify it in your memory, you need to kind of see that individual who's affected by that. And um, that also kind of teaches you to sort things through Mm -hmm. Um, and it it is really really important for the students to have that opportunity Um, 
to to learn to interact with people, to learn to ask questions, uh, to learn how to figure out what the right questions to ask are and how to put it all together. And I also have always really found that students are so valuable in interpreting things Mm, for the mm -hmm. patients because they are so close to the experience of the patients, you know, the, the level of knowledge that they have, um, how things can be unclear and confusing. And for those of us that have been doing this a while, um, sometimes we lose track of what we know and it just seems, well, doesn't everybody know that? Well, no, sure. everybody mm-hmm. doesn't know that. And so the students can really have such a valuable role both in in communicating directly to the patient and also in reminding me how I communicate and what I might need to explain. Um, so it's, I think it's a win-win situation. And those students are held to the same um, ethics that I am in terms of not talking about the individual patient and um you know i think from a patient perspective i i get it my male patients often don't get a lot of pelvic exams in uh women aren't necessarily comfortable with some mm-hmm. you know they come see me for a reason right. as opposed to your husband right um but you know it it really is a valuable experience and even if the patient says no i i don't want them doing my pelvic exam or or those kinds of things just that talking is a huge huge important thing just being in the room and observing being in the room you're doing yep observing mm -hmm. and uh and having the opportunity to ask those questions themselves and learn to kind of think on their feet and uh sort sort the possibilities through on the fly that's a really valuable skill that you need to practice to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if, you, if we're in the patient room and the doctor comes in or the nurse asks, is it okay to have a medical student um, join, join your appointment today? Uh, it is good for, if, if you're open to that, it is really good to be it is. Um, receptive to that because that is how everyone learns. And it is. And that was a good reminder. And patients are just the absolute best teachers. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, there's a lot of patients from early in my career that, you know, it's been 30 years and I still remember. So, mm-hmm. and I, I remember the story. I remember them. I remember their lives. Um, you know, we may do things very differently now, but that's how I remember the things that I learned. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of times the student will go in first and then they will take the history and then tell us what they find. That's the best way for them to learn. And then usually we'll go in and kind of verify the highlights. Sure. Um, we may not go into quite as much depth, but then we'll often spend a lot of time discussing with the patient and the student. So the student, as Dr. Evans said, you know, they get our explanation for what we're thinking and why, um, and the patient gets to overhear that process, which they don't always under normal circumstances. Right. You have to think out loud. So yep. the patient gets to hear that thinking out loud process that Absolutely. The physicians are going through, Absolutely. which is great. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, we're going to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address and get your name entered into our July drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Everyone should have smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors in their homes. Carbon monoxide is an odorless, colorless gas that can cause sudden illness and death. Take a few minutes to ensure your alarms are in good working order. Replace the battery at least once a year. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. And as we announced before the break, during these summer months, if you call in with a question, you'll be added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call at 605-692-1430. Hey, Laura, let's let's do a little quick COVID update. Have we yes. done that recently? We should do that. We should do that because, oh my gosh, is there a lot of COVID out there. I am getting just tons of messages. You know, we're not necessarily seeing a lot of people with COVID in the clinic or testing a lot in the clinic because people have those home tests. And right. I'm getting a lot of calls from people I tested positive at home. Um, First off, if you tested positive at home, and especially if you're a little older, you have any chronic health problems, get in touch with your doctor. You might be a candidate for some of the new COVID or newer COVID treatment options, Mm -hmm. the Paxlovid. And uh, we really are very, very limited in our supply of the antibodies that are effective against the current variants. I think I I got an email last night saying we had exactly one dose in the community and we had no idea if or when we were going to get more. So, um, but the the pills um, are pretty widely available if you qualify for that. There's a lot of of restrictions for the Paxlovid that most people are familiar with, but uh, we, we do have some alternatives. It's important to know you had COVID last month, you can get COVID again this month. The, the strains are changing. They're very, very contagious. Um, so just because you're, you had it recently or you're immunized doesn't mean that you're in the clear. So uh, pay attention. Uh, if you're feeling at all funny, take your test, wear your mask. Um, you know, we could, should all, I'm wearing a mask in the room again. Um, we should all really be thinking about about that again. Uh, The vaccine has been very good at keeping people out of the hospital, keeping people out of the ICU. It is unfortunately not as effective as it was earlier on with the original variant at keeping people from getting sick. Mm -hmm. So just because you're vaccinated, fully boosted, uh, you're not in the clear, you still have to consider it. You're just probably going to end up doing okay if you catch it. Uh, those people who have not had the vaccine yet um, are more vulnerable. There is a new vaccine out 
that was just approved, um, uh, which is a more traditional vaccine. It's not the mRNA vaccine. This is one where the protein that we're trying to teach your immune system to recognize has already been formed. So you're being given those targets instead of giving the instruction to make the targets okay. for your uh, your immune system. Uh, and my understanding is that there was no fetal tissue involved at any point in the development of this vaccine for individuals for whom that has been um, a concern and the reason they chose not to take the vaccine. So uh, how widely available it will be and when it will be available is not entirely clear from what I've read so far, but the approval process has happened and it should be uh, available imminently, mm -hmm. very, very soon. So uh, for those of you who've been on the fence, this might be... Um, a great time to get your shots or get your boosters. Right. I was just talking with another mom and thinking about going back to school and we were um, talking about COVID-19 boosters yep. and we were both like, we need to check into that. Could you remind us, Dr. Johnston, where are we at with the kids age groups and um, so when they qualify for boosters and such? So the vaccine has been fully approved now down to age six months and okay. uh, unlike the earlier vaccination push with uh, older individuals uh, how we are doing the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines which are the two that have been approved for the young kids the new one I was just talking about hasn't been approved or has only been approved for the 18 and up crowd okay um, the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines both have slightly different schedules and they have uh, slightly different schedules based on the individual child's uh, situation. So people who are immunocompromised um, may have a different uh, schedule. So that's get the, the details on your own child from your doctor when, when you decide which vaccine you want. Okay. Or which vaccine you're getting, honestly, I think that they're very interchangeable between the Pfizer and the Moderna. And I would really encourage people to get their young children immunized. You know, we've, it's been okay for, for school age kids, a lot of school age kids for a while now, but when it was approved down to that six month mark, uh, Avera had sent out a educational thing and encouraging us all and educating us all. Something I had not realized, because you know, we all think about COVID as a disease that is dangerous to adults and particularly older adults and not so much to children, but more children were hospitalized last year with COVID than have ever been hospitalized in an influenza year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have traditionally understood that COVID or that influenza is quite a risk for the very old and the very young. Uh, so we worry more about young people, people under five, uh, than we do about teenagers and young adults with influenza. And you know, we, we need to worry about those young people with COVID, too. And uh, COVID was, I think they said, the number four cause of death in young children mm. last year. So even though it's a m much worse disease for old people, uh, kids really don't get off scot-free. It, it is still a disease that can be dangerous to them. So we really need to be thinking about that. 
As of yet, the sec everybody should be getting a first booster, depending on when they got their their shot in the first place. And that includes kids. That can in, that get includes, the boosters as well. Yep, yep. Um, and a certain adults should be getting their second booster. So far, it's two dose primary series and two boosters. For most people, the uh, um, Johnson and Johnson vaccine is a little different, but that has been a pretty small minority of the vaccines that have been given. Um, people who have issues with their immune system or some other reason why we think that they may not respond well to the vaccine uh, should get three doses for their primary series. Mm. So they need those three doses before they're considered fully immunized. And so they may end up with five doses to get quote unquote caught up to where we are right now. Although this is not official word, I am 100% convinced personally that we will all be recommended a booster uh, come fall. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that because they are looking to reformulate the vaccine to have better coverage for some of the Omicron variants that mm -hmm. have been circulating. The challenge will be, of course, we don't know exactly what variants will be circulating right. in another four months, uh, very similar to how we have to guess with the flu shot every year. Um, and generally with the flu shot, we have a little bit more predictability than we've got with with uh, COVID so far. So stay tuned, everybody. Uh, when you get your flu shot in the fall, you'll be needing to think about getting your COVID shot too. And I can't wait. Right. I had my second booster back in April and I'm ready to roll up my arm and have somebody shoot me up again. Get another one. I'm ready to get another one. Absolutely. Oh, very good. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Now is a great time to give us a call with any questions you may have. Call us at 605-692-1430. And you may also get added into our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. If your question is on the air, your questions are anonymous. We will um, keep your name just for that drawing purpose. So please do call in with your questions at 605-692-1430. And we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Tobacco can lead to tobacco, nicotine dependence, and serious health problems. Quitting smoking has immediate as well as long-term benefits for you and your loved ones. Make the decision to be smoke-free. Stopping smoking is associated with many health benefits. If you smoke, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That's 784-8669. Or call the Avera Medical Group Brookings, for help to quit smoking today, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We'll also get you entered into our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So please do give us a call with those questions. 
otherwise you're just going to hear me babble. So <laughs> give me something specific to talk about, folks. <laughs> that's good. I wanted to talk, Dr. Johnson, about your television show that's going to be a, a rerun from earlier this year. Yes. That will be on Thursday night on SDPB. Tell us about that show. So that uh, was a pediatrics show. I had uh, Dr. Sarah Smith, who's one of our family medicine doctors here in Brookings, and Dr. Tracy Perrette, who is a pediatrician up in Watertown, both joined me in the studio. It was a pre-taped show, so uh, we just had to find things to babble about, and I think we did pretty good sure. with that. Uh, it was really wonderful to to get their perspectives and just kind of talk a lot about uh, children and things that have changed a little bit and things that parents and caregivers should know on how to keep their kids healthy. Mm-hmm. Lots to think about. And as we've talked about, and I know you talk about, it changes. It changes. <laughs> Everything <laughs> continues to change as we learn. As so. we learn, exactly. We have ideas that uh, seem to uh, hold for a long time. And then somebody thinks, well, let's check that out and discovers, you know, that maybe isn't the best way to do things. So uh, knowledge changes, science advances, things we think we know, we discover we were wrong. Right, right. Yes. So I mentioned earlier, you know, we're starting to think a little bit about heading back to school. It's about a month away. What are some of the (sighs) things you recommend uh, we think about for our kids as we health-wise, as we think about the new school year? So certainly, the are their immunizations up to date? Um, you know, going into middle school, um, most kids will need a tetanus booster and um, a meningitis shot, and there's a, a vaccines that we should be thinking about along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, a well-child visit is, is something that is really worth continuing. Most of us kind of stop thinking about those about the time kids go to kindergarten, but it's still worth going in, making sure are their shots up to date, are there things I should be thinking about, what's the developmental stage of my child, what should I be expecting them to do. Um, when we think about going back to school, one of the things I know in my household, we're all night owls. Mm. We all will stay up until... Uh, midnight, one, two in the morning. And that's just the way our bodies are hardwired. We're night night owls, not morning larks. Yes. Um, <laughs> the challenge with that is when you have to be up and alert and ready to go at 8.15 or whenever your school starts. And so for children that have spent the summer staying up until 2 o'clock in the morning, um, which hopefully most of your younger children aren't doing, uh, it's really hard to start getting up at 7 instead of at noon or whatever their summer schedule has been. So this is a good time to start thinking ahead and thinking about moving bedtime forward, moving getting up time a little bit earlier, and try to do that gradually instead of just having that all of a sudden. Yesterday I slept until noon, and today I have to get up for school and and be ready to concentrate. Kids that don't get enough sleep, I think most of us have had that experience of being sleep deprived and feeling like your brain's not working quite right and um, making more mistakes or having trouble concentrating. Uh, I know that when I get tired, 
I find that I have word finding difficulties. I'm, I've been studying Italian, and I find that as it gets close to bedtime, or if I haven't had a lot of, of sleep the night before, that I tend to make more mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's obviously something you notice more when it's a novel situation, uh, when you have something that you're very experienced at, you've had a lot of practice at, uh, you may not notice it as much because you kind of have that habit ingrained. But we also, for example, know that driving tired Mm. is a major risk factor for uh, car accidents. And uh, if that's true for experienced drivers, it's certainly true for young drivers as well. And it just goes to show that your kids need to be well rested before they go to school. Is there a certain amount of sleep you recommend for different age groups? Uh, it depends a lot on the age. And mm-hmm. surprisingly to most people, those teenagers need a lot more sleep than they did a few years ago. That's a time of really rapid uh, change in their bodies and their brains really need that sleep. So, you know, I'm often seeing young people in the office who are getting six or seven hours of sleep at night between their school, their school activities, maybe a part-time job. And that is just not sufficient. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is not sufficient for them. I mean, those teenagers often should be getting close to 10 hours. 10 hours for teenagers. For teens. Yep. And so again, it really depends on the age of your child. And of course, just like with adults, there's some individual variability there. But where I see the the deficit most tends to be in those teenagers who have so many other things going on. Right. They get very busy. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. And we did have a question come in. So we'll get to that when we return. And if anyone else wants to call in just in the last few minutes here, give us a call at 605-692-1430 with your medical questions. And we'll get you entered into our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call now at 605-692-1430. Drinking and driving is a threat to everyone. Did you know that every day about 30 people in the United States die in a motor vehicle crash that has involved an alcohol-impaired driver? This amounts to one death every 51 minutes. Driving drunk is never okay. Choose not to drink and drive and help others to do the same. And remember to buckle your seatbelt every time you are in the car. The Avera Medical Group Brookings is concerned about your health and safety. Please call 697-9500 if you have health concerns. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Just a couple minutes left if you want to give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Johnson, we had a follow-up question regarding COVID shots. Does a COVID booster shot interfere with any other shots a person has to get? So when the COVID shots were first approved and first started to to be given widely, uh, we did recommend that people spread those out from other shots. And that was largely because we just hadn't studied we didn't know for sure if if it was okay to give them together um and 
since that time, that restriction has been lifted, and now you can co-administer your COVID shot with any other shot that you might need. Um, a lot of my patients are in that uh, older age group, and we're talking about shingle shots mm. for those folks. And anyone 50 and older should really think about getting their shingle shot because shingles is really no fun. Mm-hmm. Um And I will always tell my patients that, boy, before the COVID shot came out, I had more complaints about the shingle shot than anything else because people tend to feel pretty crummy after that shingle shot. They may run fevers. They may be really tired. They may have body aches. They may be really, really miserable. Um, And I hear that about the COVID shot for some people, too. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that it's more with the uh, shingle shot. Uh, But just because more people have been getting the COVID shot all at once, uh, we are more aware of that. Anything that stimulates your immune system can make you feel that way. Some things are more likely to than others. So I will give people both the COVID booster and their shingle shot at the same time, but I usually warn them. And some people say, no, I, I'll be miserable one thing at a time. <laughs> and other people say, let's just get it over with and I can have a really horrible weekend and then it's done. Then it's done. Uh, so no, you can get all of the shots that you need at the same time um, and not worry about that. There and may there may be uh, sh- less common shots like that the travel medicine folks give that, that that's an exception to for purposes of the other shot. Uh, I'm just not familiar enough with some of those things to be able to tell you that for sure. But And the same is true for kids and their absolutely. immunizations as well. If you're in for your well child, it's okay to it's take okay care of everything. To, yep, it is okay <laughs> to get all of those shots at once. Um, you know, a lot of people really worry about overwhelming their child's immune system. But, you know, the number of antigens and foreign substances that the three of us are being bombarded by here in this uh, clean office are way, way more than what your child will get in those shots, hmm. um, particularly the shots that children are given today. We are protecting them from more diseases, but the each shot has far fewer targets for the immune system than the shots that I got as a child or the shots that you got as a child, Bob, or, or you, Laura. Uh, the sh- shots are continually being improved, kind of targeted better um, instead of just using your nuclear weapon. Now we've got a sniper rifle to help our immune systems learn how to fight those diseases. Gotcha. Very good. Well, thank you for all that great information, Dr. Johnston. Before we go, listeners, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, July 21st, Prairie Doc host Deborah Johnston along with Dr. Tracy Perret of Sanford Health Watertown Clinic and Dr. Sarah Smith with Avera Medical Group Brookings discuss ways to keep children safe and healthy. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB television to learn more. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. 
Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.